It is time for the boys of summer. Hey, y'all. <laughs> is it a song? No, I don't know. What's boys to men? No, I oh. I don't know. It's girls boy. like boys. It's boys bo- like girls. Boys of summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah that too. It's yeah. the boys of summer. <laughs> Tanner Hoffs. Oh. Welcome to Edmonton, oh. Alberta. Thank you. Uh, Dave? Didn't want him back. Dave didn't want him back. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's not welcoming me. I think <laughs> you should have like been outside the camp for seven days or something. I'm <laughs> clean. I'm clean, right? Show myself to Ted McKellar. <laughs> and then we'll Yeah, no, it's 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 good to be back. Back to make some money. Mm. It's good. It's good. Making you know, money is yeah. good. Did the, yeah, that is good. <laughs> I need it. Yeah, I did the drive yesterday. When you get to the border, it was like so symbolic and wonderful. Because when you leave Alberta, and right when you cross the border, the first sign you see after the Welcome to BC sign is picking up hitchhikers is illegal. <laughs> so it's like right away like, hey, good Samaritans, Christians, yeah, leave that at the door. Like we, we don't want any of that. Like, no kindness here, oh. no, nothing. It's illegal, really? right? So it's like you feel persecuted immediately. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Liberal agenda. But then <laughs> when you come into Alberta, the yeah. first sign you see after the welcome to Alberta is, we don't let drinking and driving here. Huh. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sick and tired of that other place. <laughs> like, I'm ready. I'm ready for some law and order. I'm ready for some family values. Mm. Yeah, family values. Drink, not drink. Sounds like Alberta. Sounds like family Alberta. Values. Family values. So uh, that was really that was really comforting. And the other thing I was tired of is you know BC's got this liberal government, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I want more left wing politics. I want. <laughs> I want a bigger government. Yeah. I want a larger tax burden. I'm tired of making my own decisions. I just want the government to make my decisions. Huh. So I'm so glad I've made it here. I can just be a dependent peon like you guys now. This message brought to you by the coalition between the Progressive Conservatives <laughs> and the Wild Rose Party. <laughs> How's that coalition going? Is that holding? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it's weird to be in the same room. This is good. We don't have headphones in. I have my shirt on. Jackson's having trouble. Shirt on? You know, I, it's kind of like... <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> you know be, you know, before sumo matches, how like in the Shinto ritual, you spread salt to like get rid of the impure spirits? I feel like I came into Dave's basement and had to like salt it and be like, Jackson, no more shirtless. And so this is a new podcast. <laughs> Desiring Brethren 2.0. We're going to be coming a sports podcast with your shirts on. <laughs> shirts on, sports on. All right. Yeah, I love it. All right, let's get into it. Let's. There's not much of a topic. So. <laughs> I'll talk about Alberta a little bit more. 
So, yeah, while I was on my drive yesterday, I was thinking of a topic <laughs> and not texting or writing it down while I was driving, because that would be wrong. It was all in my head. Well, certainly when you cross the border. Mm. Right. You're allowed to do anything in BC, except oh, for pitch a picture. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was forcing smaller, weaker cars off the road. I was texting, like, drinking and driving, because apparently that's fine. When I got across the border, I couldn't drink and drive anymore. It was weird. <laughs> like, Dang it. Put some water on my face. I gotta sober up. Come on. So... The topic is, I don't know how to express it. The question is, does it matter? Should it matter that some Christians really like end time stuff? Hmm. Really like looking for signs, looking for, are we close? What's going on in the world? You know, that kind of thing. I'm assuming the three of us are on like a very low end of that spectrum, that it's not much of an interest of the three of ours. Is that fair? This is the second podcast that you've made us do end times. Thing. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I, I think, think, that I, was in love I, think right, I would right. be the highest on the spectrum. <laughs> You're very right. Uh, it's a topic that fascinates me, but there's not a lot of Christians who have picked a date. There's almost none, right? 20? There's... 21, what did I say? 2194. <laughs> 2104. 2104, right? Yeah, because right after you died, I think. Right. But, uh, so, no, it's not like a thing. There's not even a lot of Christians that are very extreme about it, but you get different places on the spectrum from, like, you know, if the government comes out with a microchip that you can buy stuff, like, I'm not getting it. You right, know, and exactly. then there's like, okay, well, there's a lot of wars and earthquakes happening right now. Mm. Maybe we're near the end. And then you've got people who are like, China is doing this, and there's a wall between the Middle East, and hmm. Israel is back in Zion, and this is all signs of the end. You know, we're we're trying to build the temple because that will usher in the end. So that's like a little hmm. more extreme. And then there's people who just generally feel like, yeah, we should be ready because it might happen soon. And you know, <laughs> so where where are you on that spectrum? I don't think you mentioned my camera. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I used to feel like Revelation, why on earth does anybody ever talk about this ever? <laughs> One of those. <laughs> gotcha. Right. And then I was sort of corrected by my pastor who said Revelation is actually awesome. I don't believe That's him. all he had to say. Oh, <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So, like, not so much interest in maybe all the wars and the bad stuff is signs of stuff. Um, not as, not interested as in making connections between the two. Okay. Uh, do you think there's going to be a rapture? Sure. Yes. <laughs> do you think that there'll be a thousand year reign of Jesus on earth and then Satan will be released once again? That's what I've been taught. Do you think it? Sure. Yes. <laughs> do you think the earth is going to be destroyed? Yes, I, I'm fuzzy on some of these. leafing through his Left Behind series. Where's that one? Where's that one? Before we get into it, I can, I am like for once clearly the expert on this. Oh yeah, I watched the Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I you watched, watched that. One? You watched that too? Yeah. No. <laughs> there was the Left Behind with Kirk Cameron, which is the first kind of popular among Christians I think one. Early two thousands. Kind of. Pretty true to the series, Jerry B. Jenkins, Tim LaHaye, yeah. right? Antichrist, three, two, one. Nikolai Carpathia. Come on. <laughs> what? That's the name of the Antichrist in Left Behind, Nikolai Carpathia. Isn't he like Finnish or something? Yeah, he's some sort of Eastern European, <laughs> like smooth and suave and charismatic. Does and his hair slick back? 
Yeah. Mm. It was, I don't know. So, Left Behind was a reboot with yeah. Nick Cage. Yeah. Was it a Christian film or was no. it just a was it? disaster flick? It might have been. I think it was a Christian film. Okay. Like, I think Nick Cage and the other actors have loose affiliation with. Even Chad Michael Murray was in it too. Yeah, he was he the was. journalist. <laughs> <Not really>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. he like oh, that man. It, okay, you have. I need you to picture picture this for a second because Je- Jesse Nicanell watched it with me, and my roommate Caleb, uh, yeah. Caleb Ford, and Joshua Gilker as well. Oh, yeah. And like these are like these guys care about film a lot. And I can't believe they watched the whole thing. Mm. Well, Jesse fell asleep, but he fell asleep. <laughs> he fell asleep forty five minutes in, and he never lasts that long. So that tells you that Left Behind is amazing. <laughs> At any rate, there's that moment, like, Kate, no spoilers alert, people get raptured in it, right? That's the whole point. Like, the tight, like, you cringe scene is when, like, the sister's holding her brother, and then all of a sudden, bang, this flash, and, like, she oh, sucks, no. and she's holding his clothes. You've been left behind. She got left behind. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, you don't think it's going to happen, and then it does, and then you actually rethink about how... Sorry, I'm just going to throw this wrench in this can out there. The rapture theology didn't come about to like 1860. <laughs> Burn! <laughs> He's a witch! <laughs> no, no! But when you talk about friends within the Brethren Church, you're like, I didn't know there were other views. Well, like the 1860s is when they rediscovered the early church's belief, much like many things in the Brethren Church. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. okay. <laughs> Amen. So we got, we got, we got, they found Jesus' personal memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where are you on the spectrum? You... What was our spectrum again? <laughs> spectrum is, like, I don't think about books. this at all, and I don't think it's anywhere close, and I'm very skeptical of all the sort of things I got taught about rapture, thousand-year reign, earth being destroyed, to anywhere to, here's the date, I've bought a generator and water, and, well, I guess you'd think you were being raptured. Rapture, so you so. wouldn't need to buy it. You just sell all your stuff anyways. Well, maybe post, you go through the tribulation trip. before you get raptured. So, it's dispensations. Anyway, so, <laughs> which is not the password for, for our email. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's dangerous, dude. Oh, man. I am I'm on the, like, I'm an all-millennialist, like, kind of through and through. Yeah, but nobody knows what that means. I know, right? Because we're all stuck in our spectrum. I think Rob Bell's an amillennialist. Likely. Ooh. Like, I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, hold on, hold on, oh. hold on. <laughs> Bud, hold on. The re- like, I say Everything that loosely. No, 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 no. That's it, I'm taking my shirt off. No. <laughs> I hold on to that loosely because that's the point of an amillennialist, is you're like... I don't know how it's going to go down. And so, ah, uh, meaning no. Millennial means mm. thousand year reign. You don't want Jesus to reign for a thousand years. That's yeah. uh, what I'm hearing. Doesn't want like Jesus Rob to Bell. reign. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, love wins. <laughs> <laughs> so you are skeptical of these very established timelines. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you don't, like, do you the think there will be an end times? Oh, of course. But no sense that like, uh, I get the sense things are getting pretty bad, guys. It might be soon. Well, we talked about that in the last one, about, like, yeah. there's an earthquake. It's ending now. Like, oh, yeah. I, I heard there was a tornado in southern Alberta. It's the end times. It's the end, right? It's so awful. Something, I'm just trying to remember what it was just a couple weeks ago. It was like a loud noise or something. And my first thought was, it's the end of the world. <laughs> like, I think like a book fell from the shelf. It, it was so weird. I never think about this stuff. And it was like... 
what was that reaction? Like that was uh, something buried in my subconscious that yeah. it was weird. I I wonder too if like if that not tells us something about if you're living in a time of persecution or there's a lot of like wild things happen that are unpredictable and like show the instability of the earth you're just like yeah it's happening a lot sooner yeah yeah no we'll talk about that because huh. it, it is i think attached to context the time you live in for sure yeah so none of us uh, i i'm pretty much on the same spectrum as you guys jesus will come back but i don't think the bible tells us much about what that's going to be like mm-hmm. and I like guess. listeners that's that's like us right like we're there we you you can dive in and well, like we look forward to seeing this on Facebook if you have stuff to say about it. Oh but yeah. Like, I mean we're not saying like we and we're right. It's just exactly, like this exactly. is kind of what we grew up with. I mean I read <laughs> I read left behind, but like <laughs> my my pastor, my parents weren't really into this stuff, so I'm just not, probably. But there are people in every church who take an interest in this to different extents. To extents that maybe we'd feel like, well, wait a second, that's not great. Hmm. or maybe that's not healthy, or maybe I just think you're playing wrong. I just think you're reading it wrong, right? So here's the background. I'm in New Testament class. It's the end of the semester. A couple weeks ago, last book in the New Testament we do, Revelation. And my professor has written a book on Revelation, so this is like he really wants to talk about it. And he just starts the class by just picking apart all the different ways we've read Revelation Hmm. poorly. So he's like, oh, there's the... uh, the historicist approach, which is that right. the le- letters to the seven churches are seven ages, and so we're in the church of Laodicea, and so this is our age, and like it was a popular approach that huh. you know he just thinks is dumb and not the way you should read the Bible. But then he says the futurist approach thinks that Revelation has to do with the end times. So he kind of gives like this position, like Revelation was written strictly for the people who read it first, Mm -hmm. the first century Christians. When it says the mark of the beast, when it says 666, when it says the thousand-year reign, when it says the 144,000, it's all symbols that they are supposed to get Mm. in their time, in a time of persecution. Mm. And like pretty much anything we can say that applies to us is like very abstracted. It's true that evil forces will generally try to oppose the gospel, in every generation, it's true that Jesus is going to come back and we should be faithful. But, like, other than those very general stuff, like, mm. the thousand years has nothing to do with us. I mean, the rapture is not in Revelation. It's in Thessalonians, if you think it happens. So, mm. he wouldn't believe in that. <laughs> but just, like, pretty much all that stuff, not for us. So, I pushed back in class, I raised my hand, and I was like, Ugh! Like, what's the problem with people who do think it's for us? Hmm. Like, not the crazies, but just, like, the (laughs) people who are just pretty interested and think maybe it's soon and Revelation has some things to say about it. Hmm. What's the problem with that? Hmm. And he was like, you know, whatever, professor, right? (laughs) Gobbledygook. (laughs) I don't know. It felt a little elite because we were all kind of laughing at, like, the dumb Christians who think, you know, that happens every once in a while at seminary where it's just like... (laughs) <laughs> those people in the church they they don't get it you know they're just so dopey and you're like eh. so because the bible can only be understood once you've like gone to seminary right that would be the thing is like okay now th- <laughs> <laughs> yes yes dave and that that's where it is right <laughs> sending you death glares 
<laughs> Got a little bit of a little bit of a divide at the table. Get a little uncomfortable in the middle here. <laughs> but uh, that's 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 sort of what it is. Is that apocalyptic literature was a first century BC to first century AD Jewish literary genre, genre and we don't understand it when we read it and they wouldn't have taken it the way we did and so you're not allowed to read it crappily you have to pretty much have a degree to understand mm-hmm. it and everybody who walks into it reads it and goes oh boy there's gonna be third of the earth destroyed or there's gonna be a monster with seven eyes is like no you just don't know how to read it yeah. so i mean we should just be like the catholic church we're like just the priests read Mm. interpret the bible to us <laughs> so how about that reformation guys <laughs> you know the bible answer man the guy who hank ans- hanagraph hank hanagraph who answers all the questions about the yeah. bible for yeah. evangelicals and we love him so <laughs> freaking much just converted to eastern orthodoxy no way yeah like just just happened just just happened and people were like what no give me the bible way. yeah it's a big deal Apparently he'd been like starting to go to a church for like two years, felt the Orthodox church had like pretty much it right or the most right or something. No way. Yeah, it's interesting. So there's a lot of Protestants that are not happy with him. Oh, that makes me. Oh. <laughs> I yes. Could ta- I could take my shirt off. No. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I'm, okay, keep going, keep going. I'm derailing. I'm derailing. I just really don't like your professors at all. No, that right, was right, that right. was a hard thing, but it's like, hey, he wrote a book on it. He cares a lot about it. I think he's frustrated by the amount of like that we're never able to use it well because we always use it bad. Right? Like churches just never get a chance to actually like get the good message because they're always like, Oh, here's what's gonna happen next year or whatever. So with that, what are the benefits? Of having people in your church and just letting them do their thing. Like, letting them think that the Mark of the Beast might be a microchip and the thousand years is definitely happening and 144,000 is this and this dragon represents this government and, you know, China is rising and that's part of the signs. Whatever. Like, just that general interest or fascination what are the benefits of saying, like, yeah, go for it? Dave, I think that you need to answer this question because it's being posed by someone that that is sort of like, why don't we just let the let the late let the little pedantic folks walk around and think what they want to no, think? No, no, no. I'm not saying like, like it's okay. well, we're <laughs> smart, so should we let the dumb people be dumb? I'm not saying that. I'm saying like Yeah, maybe I am saying that a little bit. <laughs> I got to think about this. Right, because that's the posture you're taking is like, well, the posture, we can let people be wrong. It's okay. The posture is, I don't think it's the right way to read it. Like, I'm not sure how to not think that. Like, I I think it's a really crappy way of reading it. But I have very little problem with people thinking it's super literal. Like, I just, I don't know. If you've got somebody in your church who thinks that, like, I'm not going to be like, no, we got to purge this from you because it's a bad reading i i just okay right so yeah you're right it's a little high and mighty so dave yeah what's good this might be some of like the people's favorite like four seconds on the podcast when you say dave like go ahead and then we hear a (laughs) 
(laughs) And then he goes and he centers us again. I edit out so much of Dave's pensive (laughs) thoughtfulness. And maybe I should just keep it in. Maybe people people need to like live in that space of uncertainty that Dave provides. Mm. What's he gonna say next? (laughs) You know, hold our breaths. I okay. As I think I've said before, Revelation is a book that I have avoided my entire life. I so I personally don't have like any own study done on it. And the pastor that I have right now currently views it very literally. Or like he's like, this is this, and this is this, and this mm. is this. Yeah. And I go, you're a really smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I value your opinion more than I value mine. Right. <laughs> on this subject. Huh. Um I don't. I don't see any problem with people. I don't know being wrong, right? It's <laughs> oh, like I'm not allowed to have an opinion. I'm sorry. It's kind of just the, about the way we approach things, right? Like this. It's okay that they have this thing wrong. Like they can think yeah. what they want to. There's a few, you know, loose screws that think conspiracy theories. Yeah, let them think that. That's fine. No, no, but I'm not saying they're conspiratorial. No, no, no. I mean, some are. Okay, that's 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 putting a little strong. But then we when then we decide which ones have the most value. We can say we can let you think what you want to think about Revelation, about the end times. But on this stuff, we're not going to let you be dumb. Okay, you have to think like us. We're right on this one. Right. You can't go off on your little trail thinking this. But I mean, does doesn't everybody have a spectrum of beliefs that we just think? It's all right, somebody thinks. Like, okay, so I think most people do a really bad reading of Genesis 1, hmm. but I don't go around smacking people over the heads just because I don't think it's that important unless the thing is somebody's is- struggling over it. While another thing I might think like, okay, you got that wrong, and like that's not good to have wrong. I got to approach you about it. The thing is there's people that are smacking other people over the head over Genesis 1. So my question is, who gets to decide which are important? And what you're allowed to think but that's about. what the conversation's for, uh, is to decide okay. what are the benefits of it, what are the problems with being somebody who reads it badly, and do, you know, is one more strong than the other that, like, you know what, there's a lot more problems when people read it this way, so maybe we gotta start telling people not to read it that way. Maybe we gotta start speaking up. I'm more bothered by your prof's position of it has, like, no bearing okay but but if you that's i don't know no no, he thinks it has a lot of bearing and like but the the messages of it the message of of faithfulness to the end of following a lamb that's slain Mm. instead of following a man of violence of Mm. expecting jesus to come Mm -hmm. like he thinks all those things are important and I, I'm sure I'm not. I'm, this is a lecture. I mean, he wrote a whole book. Maybe his views are much more nuanced. But mm-hmm. let's go back to the benefits. What would be the benefit of being somebody who sees it very literally or allowing other people to see it very literally? Jackson, you mentioned one earlier where you said when people are oppressed in certain yeah. cultural situations, it matters more. Could you go into that? Yeah, like I think that we get gluttonous and insensitive to the spirit's movement when they're when gluttony's possible. In like scarcity, when we're being persecuted, and when like it, your faith matters, right? You start thinking about these things more deeply and then like how every sort of event and every thing that could happen that does happen is like God intervening somehow, right? And so that's why I think that in areas that where there is persecution and when there's not, like 
you know, lacks, lacks in the church or that lukewarm spot that yeah. Revelation talks about. It's like, there's just a more sensitivity and that sensitivity translates to like people came, like God was interacting with creation before people came about. So like, yeah, people matter, of course, but like there's this whole thing, this cosmic thing that's going on. Yeah. You see the divine drama behind everything. Like mm-hmm. if you're going through a time where there are earthquakes and rulers who are destroying you or you know, your land is being overrun and everything is awful, you might start thinking this is a cosmic battle. This isn't just us and the forces of economics and, oh, we can fix this with a policy. This is like God has to intervene in human history, Mm -hmm. which is why I think Revelation was written, because it was a time of persecution. And like during times of persecution, I think you need a little, some little, you need a stronger drink, you know? Okay. Hmm. Another benefit I thought about, which is a lot of people who think it's very literal aren't just like speculating in vain about wars and stuff they actually take the message of revelation seriously which is you got to be extra faithful and extra obedient because it's near the end i haven't met people who just like shoot the breeze about the rebuilding of the temple and look at this sign and obama's the antichrist whatever like it's actually attached to them like we gotta live better now Hmm. and i would say like that's kind of the point of revelation And if they're getting the point because they think it's literal, like, they're actually reading the text better than me, Hmm. because when I read Revelation, I don't step out my door and show greater faithfulness and obedience. The ends justify the means. Oh, come on. Bring it in. Bring it in. Dave, (laughs) help me out. You got to support Tanner here. There's a high five hanging. Big audience. (laughs) That was just Jackson. (laughs) I will not let this deception stand. (laughs) Does that make sense, though? Well, reading and write comes down to, like, have you followed it? And is it being faithful? So, in the end, they are actually reading it right, and we're reading it wrong if we're less faithful. So, like, if people are being more... <sighs> it's a tricky spot. And I it's think a you tricky know, spot. I think, you know I, know. I think you know that, yeah. Another benefit I thought about was Jesus just seems to think that prepping for the end times spiritually is a good. Like, there are parables... You know, the ten virgins, they're waiting for the groom. I've never quite understood that. Is he going to marry all ten? Or why are there ten virgins? If anyone gets to marry in heaven, it's Jesus. (laughs) Could you explain the ten virgins to me real quick, Dave? (laughs) Why are they all virgins? (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Anyway. And then five bring a lot of oil and five don't. Right. And then five are not there because they have to go back for oil when Jesus comes. And it's like, good. Five that were ready. You get to be in the party because you kept a state of readiness. Mm-hmm. So, isn't it kind of good that like people are keeping a state of readiness, like watching the sky? Like I'm not watching the news ever for end time stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, does Jesus say like when you see wars and rumors of wars mm-hmm. and all these things, this is birth pains before? It sort of goes hand in hand though, because if you don't believe that Revelation is actually futuristic this is how it's gonna be then jesus could come back in a time of plenty or a time of good oh like you don't you don't need to be waiting for wars and for jesus to come back dang it dave he could just that's interesting but that's also pointing to something about like what part of christian culture is in plenty i think we're the minority of christians right now Mm -hmm. and the majority are being persecuted and in our narrow view oh like yeah they're being persecuted but like 
come on, they don't see it. Yeah. And but in actuality, like we're the minority of Christians in the world right now. Oh yeah, like more Christians are being persecuted today than in two thousand years of church history. Yeah. So like we kind of forget that. And for so sure. we're like, no way, Jesus won't come. Yeah. Because like, we're in plenty. Yeah. But actually the rest of Christendom for sure. is like Maranatha. Like Jesus is come. Yeah. And he's on his way because of this, this, and this. Hmm. Yeah, that's one thing he pointed out, which is the problem with trying to predict from your newspaper uh, revelation is that it's very Eurocentric. It's very like... That's a good point. If Jesus is fulfilling the signs in Canada and Europe and the States, then he's coming back. And it's like, you know, we're like... You know, the average Christian is a woman and black and probably in Africa. So, like... Yeah. What newspaper are they reading and what are they thinking? Like, exactly. who cares what's going on in the U.S.? Like, that's so that's a good thing to think about. I don't know. But I mean, the North Korea and the missiles. I mean, it's happening, man. It's <laughs> happening. Okay, sorry. Let's <laughs> get on my roll. <laughs> okay, last thought. Oh, two, two thoughts. Sorry. If people are... Some people are more conspiratorial. Some people are quicker to believe certain things about, I got to be careful, Yeah, that there are organizations that run the world that, I mean, there, there's a bunch of conspiracies, right? I don't know what the percentage is. I mean, like, I think you would be surprised if you asked a room, how many people think that there's an organization that maybe runs the world of like elites, like Illuminati or Jews or something. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, a lot of people say Freemasonry. A, a, lot, like, a lot of people, Jews. A lot of. Jews. I'm sorry. A, a lot of people still think the Jews run the world. I'm sorry that Jews run the media. What? Because they live in New York in the states, and that's where a lot of the media centers are. Anyway, okay. I think. Jews I, run think the world. I mean, people wouldn't raise their hands for Jews because it sounds bad. But if you said like another organization, there'd be people who raise their hands. If you said, how many people think this assassination was an insight or was an assassination, not just natural death or how many, right. The world trade centers, it was maybe a, like, you'd be surprised by how many people raise their hands. Hmm. Uh, so for those, there's always going to be a certain amount in the church because like population wise, there just always is. <laughs> okay. They're going to be in your church. Huh. I don't know if you can like stamp that kind of thought out. I think you just have that kind of mindset that just doesn't trust certain facts and looks for patterns. Yeah. If you have that certain mindset, is it worth trying to it's so fast change that? It's so fascinating to me that like I think that when you say the mistrust, that's like the hitch in their mind of like and patterns, all that, like it's just like they need to find something that guides them in this path yeah. where they can connect the dots. So it doesn't matter what the path is. They just need to find something that satiates this like desire to discover something that no one sees, but it might affect everyone. I don't know if it's been said yet, but I want to at least just say that for me, at least the notion that revelation is very predictive of the future. And this is China and this is Russia, whatever the people want to read into it, that possibility exists. For me, like I don't want to say like, because that, I mean that could be. I yeah, I mean like the the Jews regaining their homeland was a huge deal for Christians. Totally, like that is the reason why the U.S. is such an ally of Israel is because there's so many Christian Zionists who are like, yeah, yeah. the Jews have to have a homeland because of end time stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a real legit thing that people are reading their Bible and seeing that and going. So you're right. It's not just like a total poo-poo, that kind of idea. Hmm. So, 
people who have very specific ideas, mm-hmm. do you think it's worth it to kind of push away for push back on that and be like, eh, maybe this isn't so helpful. Maybe I don't know. You're think- if you're a pastor of a church, like those people are like great people. They're not less than you. So like, I think it's all. It's probably always worth pushing back on ideas. Really, but I'm I, so much more of the stance of like just let people believe stuff that well, you I think let is crazy. Them believe, but you know, challenge them on it. It's hard. It's like, but why? No, Tanner. It's, why kick that hornet's nest when you don't have to? And I just my experience with these folks is like you can't reason with them, and I don't like that. I don't like that. I have this stance of like you are actually like if facts do exist, you've ignored them. And even if I attempt to present something so concrete and solid to you, you'll just say, yeah, but this. But I'm like, no, you don't see you don't see with the eyes that I see the same thing. Yeah, yeah like we just have very different lenses for seeing the world. So oh. like I'm not able to find common ground to convince you. So like why bother? Like I don't think it really affects how good of a Christian you are or how much you care for Jesus or the poor or it's not the main right. thing. Like I'm, I'm going to ignore it. Both of us, no? all of us would agree that we're not the standard for witnessing and stuff yes. and that it doesn't measure up. To, but like, if it doesn't harm what we understand the gospel to be. Yeah. Okay, fine. But sometimes those things get out of hand. Oh, sure. I mean, the people they, are putting pamphlets in church and like, <laughs> listen to these tapes of my favorite guy. And like, sometimes you gotta be like, okay, you gotta stop, you gotta stop doing that. Yeah. I don't want to be the person who has to say you gotta stop doing that. That's why you're doing a degree, though, right? Just, <laughs> <laughs> so you can have the letters behind your name to say no. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna use the. I'm gonna be like, listen, I learned in a lecture, you dummy. <laughs> blah 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 blah. And that'll work. People <laughs> respond to that, right, Dave? No, they don't. <laughs> um, problems, problems that you can see that you would want to address it with somebody. Or you would be uncomfortable if a pastor was teaching it very, very literally or connecting it to current events or people in your church. What are the problems you see with it that would make you want to approach them and say something? Someone who wants to say, hey, this country doing this action is this sign. I would sort of... just say like what's the point of even caring about that like Mm. if you think the end times are happening soon then do what you gotta do (laughs) right what does that mean but i just like i i I think for them it's just interesting maybe yeah but that's not seeing it that it's dangerous at all that's just like like, it's a waste of time but i waste my time on stuff too that's kind of the way you don't think it is super dangerous i just think it's Weird. Do you think it's a problem that people are reading the Bible wrong? Maybe you don't think they're reading the Bible I'm wrong. I'm not sure that they're You're not sure. <laughs> okay, for someone like me who just thinks like, I actually do think it's just a very bad reading of the Bible. I, I think it matters whether you read the Bible right. Well, I think it does. Right? Like, I think, wh- I think that it's weird. Which ones does it matter most on? No, no I Tanner, Tanner, I'm with you. I, I, I'm really big on it matters. It doesn't it's, matter it's as long as you're living right at the I'm end. I'm like, I don't know, maybe they're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. My natural disposition is just to let it slide and be like, all right, do your thing. But then you're it's... going to be a great pastor. You know, you, you do you, it's fine. <laughs> but like... I mean, if you read the Bible wrong, like that's got to have consequences, right? Yeah, I think it does. The thing... Yes, you must read the Bible well, and there are consequences to it. But 
And like every elder at our church and elder emeritus would also say, that's the one thing that they would like to affirm on this podcast. Yes, there's right ways to read the Bible. Right. But I don't want to have that position of like, I'm always the one with the right way. Yeah. And that's kind of my hesitation toward it, but also my like fall too. But you do think you have, I mean, you do Everybody think thinks that they have I, the right way. I know, so why are you denying it? I mean, you think it, of course you do. But that at least leaves me open in the conversation. Right. I'm not saying you don't hold the position with humility, but Hmm. the reason I'm saying I don't have a problem with a pastor who believes it's all very literal is preach what you think. Like, I don't have a problem that Ted thinks it's super important seven-day creationism because it's like, good, that's his conviction. Well, you don't have to feel bad. Why do you got to feel bad, Jack? You think they're wrong. You think the conspiracy theorists are wrong. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm struggling too. Nobody, yeah. I mean, we're in a time of populism. Nobody wants to sound like an elite. True. And when you have an opinion and you think lots of people are wrong, That's you sound lesson. like an elite. Tanner, there's our two lessons from postmodernity and history, right? Or postmodern history. Um, some of the problems I thought is like maybe it can lead to burnout or like unhealthy evangelism or like that constant pressure, like any day now it's going to happen. So save as many as you can. I'm just somebody who personally thinks that's kind of an unhealthy mentality to live with. Like, why would you feed the poor? You know, like, if it's going to end in two years, like, what they need is salvation. What this person is, like, get the deal done. Why are any of our efforts going into anything but just, like, directly saving souls? Do you know what I mean? That kind of mentality that, like, has that extreme pressure on, like, if hell is real, if the end times are happening... Why is anything else important? Why would you ever go to the gym? Why would you ever do this? Like, it's all about this thing. And I like, I think that's a warping. You're hitting more notes than I think that, but I think that you know, like it's, it's the whole evangelical culture of we abstain from culture. Like it's wrong. It's bad. It's going to burn in flames anyways. And we're going to be raptured. So it doesn't matter what we do now. Right. But it's just like, that was my point earlier about like God created the world in six days Man, they're on the sixth one. There was a whole five day. There was a whole five days of stuff happening before humans came on the scene, right. and we now think that we're the epitome of everything. We're the like God wasn't acting. God wasn't working with. It's just this like it's gonna burn, get raptured, whatever. There's this whole problem right. that starts when just like only salvation matters. And yes, I get that it is, and I won't deny that. But it's a whole theology. That has been created that allows this yeah. to come. And I think this is why. And I think it started with the rapture culture. 1860. Right. I mean, like, that's. The- I'm sorry, Dave. Like, I don't like that I think this right now because I wanted to be fine thinking that the rapture was okay. But because I have scriptural problems with it, I'm like, shoot. I wish it was easier. And I wish I could just think that. But I'm like, no. God's knee deep in culture. And he's forming so many things beyond just the human soul. Yeah, I mean, that that's the hard part is it's like even this conversation about how important this should be is like really based on evangelical Protestants are the ones who think this is incredibly important. And like for most of church history and in most other denominations, like this just is not as big an issue because they don't have a theology constructed around yes. literal takes and rapture and stuff. So like it is hard to have our conversation in our bubble and it is like, it's what we were all immersed in. So it's just like, it's almost hard to get a wider perspective than that. I I don't know. Complicated. 
complicated, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Jack makes everything more complicated. Whoa. <laughs> real hurtful. So... Also, <laughs> I, I thought it was a compliment because when Dave says he hates me, he actually means he loves me ah. too. It opens it up. It's like you're not the, I'm not, we're not the point of like, this is canon. We got it finally. Hmm. But it's like, good that I confuse you because search deeper and you'll find the truth, I think, when you're, when you're, when you're open to these things that are just like, seem out of left field, like, wait, the rapture might not be a possibility. Yeah, I mean, when I learned that what? was an option, what? I was like, "What? What? Like, I, I just had no idea that some people didn't think that was happening. I thought the folded clothes were like in the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> nice little neat like that. I'm joking, but like I'm serious. Yeah. I didn't know that was not a thing most people believe through most history. I had no idea. And maybe it's going to happen. I mean, we are going to meet Jesus in the air. So says Thessalonians. And then we're going to bring them back because that what, was a Jewish culture well, thing where they, they, they went out and then they brought them the back. Romans the Romans and the... Woo! That's something. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Uh, I'm glad I'm back. That uh, was quite was a... That. that was quite a return. Woo! Man. Good conversation. Dave got angry. Do you feel unsatisfied still? Is there something? Oh, left? I've always felt unsatisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Academics, right? Oh, they're the worst, worst. right, Dave? <laughs> Fist me, bro. Put that on there. <laughs> oh, All right, we're done. You know what? Speaking of academics and elites, we have a listener mail. From Carter Connolly, <laughs> up, in the, up in the oil patch. Right, yeah. Carter responding to our, what was the context? What happened? We're talking about camp. We're talking about camp. Jackson was talking about the cappuccino Tim Horton style machine right, yeah. that gave him free cappuccinos all week. Then we started talking about chocolate milk machines yeah, and how in oil patch camps, they're the greatest things in the world. The 24-hour kitchen. Yes. The chocolate milk machine. Right. So the point is that Bible camps are preparatory for oil sand workers. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Carter. <laughs> so Carter has come with a clarification with new knowledge that we did not have. This is helpful. <laughs> clarification segment. No. Okay. So this is from Carter. He says, sometimes the, this was reached at uh, our official e- email, the design, or sorry, design brethren podcast at gmail.com. Carter wrote, sometimes the chocolate milk machine is empty if the camp staff forgets to check it. <sighs> Kids. I had no idea. Bible camp is way better <laughs> than oil sands. It never runs out in God's kingdom. And he says, or if there are a lot of... He says, then he says, or if there are a lot of people drinking chocolate milk during a meal, the dispenser slows down. And then he says, mm-hmm. it's not a perfect system. <laughs> Curses. <laughs> Just when you think you found the one thing on earth, the one good untarnished piece of creation. I guess we'll have to put our treasure in heaven because all things rot and rust. He <laughs> placed it all on oil sands camps. <laughs> Just when you think you found Eden. There it goes. Snatched away. Our home is not here. Oil sands are our Babylon. Revelation is more relevant than ever, knowing that the chocolate milk machine is not the end all be all. It runs out, kids. Everything. So, thanks, Carter. You're the best. All right, look forward to next week. Uh, see you guys in a week. From all of us here at the podcast with our audience, um, welcome back, Tanner. Oh, 
<laughs> to my wife, I, I'm just pre- I'm playing a character, honey, who likes Alberta. I don't really like. It. <laughs> don't worry, I'm still coming back. It's just for the show, Ivy. It's just for the show. <laughs> Tip. I can't say it on air. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm Tanner Hobbs. I'm David Short. I'm Jackson. Okay. See you next time.